You are listening to a weekend message from New Life Church in Fort Smith. We would love to connect with you, so find us on Instagram or Facebook at NLC Fort Smith. Enjoy the message. All right, so I'm thankful finally I have a reliable vehicle. I have a truck and it works, and right now there's nothing wrong with it. And I'm very happy about that because my whole life has been the opposite story. Ever since I had a car, and even especially when I got married, we didn't always have a car that worked or one that worked well, you know. Uh, we, we always had a couple of cars when we got married. We had a couple of cars. We had the car that when you crank it, it comes on. And that was like the good one. You know what I mean? Like as long as it comes on, it doesn't matter what happens. It comes on. We can go. We're good. And then you have the other one. Y'all know about the other one? Because I've had a lot of other ones over the course of my life. Like, I've had ones where if you take a right turn too sharp, the engine cuts out. Like, that kind of other one. I've had the other one that if you park, you, you drive the car anywhere, it's going to leave a quart of oil on the ground underneath. So when I go to visit people at their house, I would not park in their driveway. I would park in the street because I didn't want to leave my mark because of the other one. I had the other one that kept me from ever being a private investigator because people would hear me coming four blocks away, the squeals and the loud noise. How many of you have ever had the other one, okay? I hated to have the other one, but I always had the other one. After I got married, I said, I can't be driving around like this. I can't have this. I got to go get me a brand new car. And I didn't know anything about being an adult. I know nothing about a credit score. I know nothing about a down payment. I just knew people, they went to the car place and they drove away with cars all the time, all day, every day. I figured that was just part of the deal. So I went in there and I filled out the application and I sat there and I waited and I waited and the guy came back and he said, Mr. Cotton, I'm sorry, we, uh, we're not gonna be able to help you. And I said, well, why not? And they said, well, your credit score is a 420 and <laughs> It's just, I was like, what does that mean? Is that bad? (laughs) He's like, if you pass 100 people, I'll never forget this. If you pass 100 people on the sidewalk, 99 of them have better credit than you, and that one of them is a kid that that didn't. (laughs) And I said, well, what do I do? What do I do? And he said, I don't know. Have a good day. And I sat in that car dealership. I had my free bottle of water in my hand, and I sat there in that little waiting room, and I just stared at the ground. I had no clue what to do, and I was so stressed out. I went home, and I Googled, how old do you have to be to declare bankruptcy? Like, (laughs) that was in my search history, okay? We've all been stressed out. Some of us have been stressed out more than others. Some of us are much better at being stressed than other people. And I was one of these people and still am from time to time that if worrying were an Olympic sport, okay, I would be Michael Phelps. I'm a gold medal champion, all right? I got so good at worrying that I didn't just worry about my own problems. I started worrying about other people's problems for them. And I have friends that weren't even worried about their own problems. And I was thinking, what's wrong with you? You should be worried. Like, you ain't worried about this. Why are you not worried about this? You need to go get that taken and look at it. You got to go check this thing out. You've been in the bed for two weeks coughing. Have you gone to the doctor? My friend said, no. I said, well, you're sick. You're running a fever? Yeah. Well, you got to go to the doctor. Ah, I'm not too worried about it. 
You're not worried about it. You should be worried about it. <laughs> this is a very worrisome thing. I got strong secondhand worry over here. You don't even care, right? Some of the biggest things that worry people in life, I'll give you, we looked up a list, right? Uh, people say, my job worries me to death. Like, I'm worried to death because of my job. Uh, money. Like, I need money. I don't got money. I need more money. Where am I going to get this money? Money is a big stressor in people's life. Your health, your relationships, your schedule. Some of your schedules is, are so wild. Like, if I wanted to go out to Chili's with you, it, it wouldn't be till April. Because y'all got something going every single night. Lack of sleep brings stress into your life. The biggest worrier known to mankind is driving down Rogers Avenue. Amen. Yet when we're faced with all of this, all these stressors, all these things in our life that cause us to worry and to be stressed, Jesus tells us, do not worry. Matthew 6, 25 says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. First, I want to tell you this. There is a difference between stress and worry. Not the same thing. Two different things. Stress is, so there's, there's good stress and there's bad stress, but stress can be either. Stress is how you respond to something happening to you, something on the outside happening to you. These things are called stressors. And so there are things that cause you stress and your body responds to that. So types of good stress are like when I went to CrossFit, my body was under a lot of stress, right? But it was, they told me it's good for you, right? This is a good kind of stress because it helps you become healthier. There are things that happen to us all the time that are stressors, okay? You will never eliminate all the stressors from your life. Like no matter what you do from the time now to the last breath you breathe, there will always be something in your life that can cause you stress. There will always be stressors in your life. They cannot be eliminated. It's just part of living. The only time you be stress-free is when you're dead. That's it. It's over. But until then, even if you move to a desert island and you're there all by yourself, there's still going to be stressors. You're still going to be saying like, all right, I got to get up today. I got to climb a tree and get my coconuts, right? Like, why I got all this sand all over the place in my bed? Like, this is stressing me out. Why are these monkeys all around me? You know, whatever it is, the desert island life is going to bring you stress at some point. But stress and worry are not the same thing. The stressors are happening to you from the outside, but worry is happening in you. It's what is going on between your ears. It's when I look at all the outcomes that could happen from my decisions. I look at everything and I start to meditate on all the bad stuff that's going to happen to me in the future. That is worry. Worry is when all the could be's and what ifs take over your mind. Can I pay my bills? Am I, what am I going to do? But what if I can't pay my bills and my electricity is going to get turned off? If I can't pay the bills and they're going to do this and that, it's going to affect this. Are my kids going to turn out okay? Oh, God. 
I'm so worried about my kids. I hope they're going to be all right. I don't know. Do I have COVID? Is COVID going to take me out? Like I'm worried, worried, worried. All the could be's, all the what is. And Jesus says, hey, you don't have to live this way. There's a better way. Matthew 6, 25 through, uh, we're going to go through 27 right now. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they are? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So going through this passage where Jesus, from the Sermon on the Mount, directly addresses worry in our lives, the first thing that he tells us is this, don't. Like when faced with the opportunity to worry, don't worry. And this is something that really was a big deal and helped me a lot because I had never considered the idea that I didn't have to worry. It was just part of being human, just part of who I was. Like my mom said I was a worry wart. I don't even know what that means, but I, I guess it means I worry all the time, you know? And I, I just, this is how I've always been. And Jesus gave me this key to unlock this thing in my mind where I don't have to worry. I can choose not to worry. And this really, really helped me. As Jesus can, if he can tell you not to do something, that means it's possible for you not to do it. Like if he was telling me like, don't do this and it was impossible, then why does he say it? He says it because I can do it. I can choose not to worry. So the first thing in this is I don't have to worry. The second thing that I see is I'm not made to worry. And he takes us to look at the birds, right? And he said, the birds aren't worried about anything. They go about their life. They're collecting all this stuff. They're just living away. And aren't you way more valuable to God than the birds? So, and I, when I read that, I think all of nature, worrying about the future and anxiety about all the things that are to come and sitting and thinking about this going to happen, this going to happen. This is a uniquely like human experience where it's happening right between our ears. The birds aren't worried about anything. Maybe they should, but they're not. They're not because God didn't create them that way. And when we were created, we were created to walk with God and to be in relationship with him. You remember Adam and Eve, they're in the garden and they're walking with God and God is providing everything for them and they don't have anything to worry about because God has taken care of everything. That's how he designed us to rely on him for every single Thing. And then sin came into the world and broke all of that. And so worry is a product of the fallen world. It's not something that I was created to do. I'm not made for it. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. They're actually, because you're not made for it, your body's not made to carry around with you all this worry and anxiety all the time then things physically can happen to you when you do carry it around. Like being worried is bad for you. It's not good for you. You've heard the phrase worried sick. That's a real thing. Like you have a physical response 
to worry. Certain hormones are released. Certain things happen with your blood pressure and your blood sugar. And all sorts of body chemistry stuff happens when you worry. I know this because last year, after I became the pastor here, I was having all kinds of like weird issues going on in my life. And I went to see my doctor and I sat down and I was like on that that paper, <laughs> you know, I'm sitting on that paper and he tells me like, uh, how are you doing? I was like, I don't know, not good, <laughs> you know? He's like, are you, are you taking time for yourself? I was like, hmm, not really, you know? This doesn't really have anything to do with it though, doc, like I'm here because I'm having issues. And he's like, he said, worry can show up in your body. Like your body responds to worry. And so you've got to get rid of that from your life. You've got to drop some of those things. Because we aren't created to carry that around. The last thing I see from what Jesus has said is this. Worry doesn't help anything. He said, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? The answer is no. Like, I can't worry myself uh, one inch taller. I can't worry myself 10 pounds lighter. I can't worry a full head of hair on my head. I can do the opposite. Like, if I worry, I'm going to lose a few hairs. You know what I mean? Worrying does not do anything. It can't change the past. It can't shape the future. There's nothing good that comes from it. If I'm worried about things that I can't change, that are out of my control, then it's useless. Like, what's the point? I can't control it. I can't change it. Why am I worried about it? It's wasted energy, wasted effort. If I'm worried about things that I can change, well, then I don't need to worry about it. I need to get up and make some changes and do some things in my life. Worry serves no purpose. It has no use. It's worthless. And then he goes on, Matthew 6, 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So I'll tell you this. If you're here this morning and you are struggling with worry, the first thing you need to do is just take a deep breath and calm down. It's going to be all right. And we're going to talk about what the word of God says. And I'll give you some things that I've learned over the years that have helped me with this. I will be very upfront with you and tell you I'm not the best at this. But the reason that I can stand here and talk about this is because I have tried to learn so much about it. And I've put a lot of things into my life in practice so that I would live a life free from needless worry, things that hold me back. So I'll give you a few things. The first one is this. Remember God's word. Like I got to revisit this over and over again in my life. I'll tell you. I like coffee. I'm kind of like a, I'm not a coffee snob, but I do like good coffee. Most of the time I drink bad coffee, right? If you have Keurigs, like I drink that most days. If somebody brews a pot of Folgers, I'll drink it, like whatever, let's do it. But I have this thing at my house called a Chemex, which is like, I don't know how to explain it. It's this glass vase looking thing and you brew coffee and it's real fancy like I got a birthday gift and you grind the coffee and you put it in and you brew it a certain way and the coffee that comes out of that is so 
good. I love it. I could drink it every day, but it takes a long time and it's a lot harder to deal with than just doing the Keurig. So most of the time I do that. But when I have time, I make coffee that way. There's this guy on YouTube who is so good at making coffee with that thing. And every time I get it out, I open up YouTube and I'll watch him do the coffee and I do it the exact same way that he does it. And I've been doing this for like two years and still I just did it this week on the snow day. I said, I got time and I pulled out YouTube and I, I'm making coffee with this guy named James right there on my phone. You know, me and him, we're buddies now. We do it every time. But I have to go back to that time and time and time again. When you are tempted to worry, it's not just a matter of saying, I'm not going to worry ever again, and it's gone. It's a, it's a thing where you have to go back again and again and again to the truth in God's word. What Jesus says about worry, what the scriptures say about worry. And I'm going to be tempted to do it tomorrow. I'm going to be tempted to do it on Tuesday. And every time I am, I need to remember what God says about worry. In fact, in Philippians 4, he gives us this whole antidote to worry. Like he says, don't worry. And here's how not to do it. Okay, so let's read through this together. And I'm going to give you a few things. Philippians starting in verse 6. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, is right, is pure, is lovely, is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. So I'll go back through this passage because he's saying, don't worry. And let me show you how not to worry. Okay. He starts with this. I'll give you five things. Number one, do not be anxious about anything. What he's saying is, Choose not to worry. We talked about it earlier. It's a choice whether we do it or not. I'm going to go into my day with the mindset, I'm not worrying about that situation one time. It doesn't mean you're not going to be tempted to worry. It doesn't mean that sometimes you're not going to worry. I mean, sometimes you're going to fall and mess up and stumble. But I'm going to start my day, especially with something that's big on your mind. I'm going to start my day choosing to not do it. I'm going to say, God, I want to be obedient to your word, and I choose to obey you and not to worry. So that's number one. The second thing, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, pray about it. We talked about this a few weeks ago. Pray where you're at. Y'all remember that when I was talking about pray where you're at? What does that mean? Whatever is stressing you out right there in that moment, that's what you pray about. Like whatever is on your mind, is on your heart, whatever has come across your field of vision and you're like, man, that's, that's worrisome. Don't say that's worrisome. Take it to God right there in that moment. Pray where you're at. So that's the second one. Choose not to worry. Pray about it. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Thank God. Like, I'm going to live my life as a, the life of someone who is grateful to have this day. 
Like this day is a gift from God. This day in itself, with all of its problems, with all of its concerns, with all of its stressors, this day is a gift from God. And so I'm going to live a life of gratitude. And there are so many studies about the quality of life people have, people who are ungrateful versus people who are grateful. If you live a life of gratitude, you live longer, your blood pressure is better, you do better in stressful situations, because it all comes back to saying, God, thank you. I may have a million things going wrong, but thank you for how you've loved me and saved me and put me in a family of faith. God, you are so good. When you're faced with the temptation of worry, meet that worry with gratitude for what God has already done in your heart. Then he goes into this, verse eight. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The next one I would tell you this is, Think on good things. We are still a product of the things that we put into our hearts and minds. Like if you put junk in here, you're going to get junk out, right? We all know this old saying, like junk in, junk out. This is true for the things that you think about. And if you're stressed out and you have worry and anxiety in your life, the first thing I would say when you're looking at what can I do, what, what is the cause of all this, you need to look at what you're feeding into your eyes and to your ears. Like what is coming in? Do they pass the Philippians 4 test? Are they true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy? If they're not, then you should remove those things from your life and replace them with things that are. You want to have a mind that is at peace. You want to have a heart that rests in God. Then meditate on the right things. And lastly, he said this. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, that we are doers of the word, not just hearers. Like these things that you take notes and you write down, okay, I need to choose not to worry. I need to pray. I need to thank God. I need to think on good things. And if you keep that sheet of paper and those notes and you put it in your pocket and you go about your weeks and you never put any of that into practice, it's all useless for you until you take it out and say, God, I'm going to do exactly what your word says. I'm going to be a doer of your word in my life. You have to come back to this time and time again, and that's okay. You should. I do. We do. But remember God's word. Number two, I need to get rid of the unnecessary. You don't have unlimited energy. Like you are not the energizer bunny as much as you want to be. You're going to fall over at some point, right? You're not going to keep going and going and going and going. And the problem is right now we get less sleep than people did 100 years ago. Two hours less sleep a night than people did 100 years ago. We are filling our schedules up with event after event after event, thing after thing after thing, and we're running from one thing to the next constantly because our culture says you're more valuable the more busy you are. If you have a full schedule, that means you are full of value, and that is not the truth. That's a lie. Our schedules often are full of a lot of things that are unnecessary, 
And the way to find contentment in the Christian life is rarely from adding things, but a lot of times it's from subtracting things. Like the path forward isn't addition, it's subtraction. I want to get rid of the non-essential things that are uh, non-essential stressors that are being added to my life because I only have so much energy and I want to use that energy that God gives me every single day to focus on the things that matter, the purpose that he's put in my heart, seeking him and knowing his word, spending time in prayer with my family. What is it that God has put in you and around you that's the most important? And then use the energy that he gives you to invest in those things. Ecclesiastes 4, 6 says, Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and chasing after the wind. The world tells us that the, the best thing we can do is keep adding stuff to our life. I need more things. I need more money. I need more events. I need more this. I need more that. And I say to you, stop and see what can I take out of my life that's causing me worry that doesn't even need to be there. Number three, Listen to the Holy Spirit. Y'all, if, if you have kids, or you've been around kids, something happens when they're little, but they're getting bigger, and they want to try to do something all by themselves. You know what I mean? Like, for us, it was opening a jar of pickles, and the jar, is, the lid is stuck on there tight. But the kid gets the pickles out of the fridge, and you're like, I can help you. And they're like, no, I want to do it. And they try, and they try, and they try, and that thing ain't budging anyway, and they ain't going to open it. And eventually, they drop the jar on the floor, and pickle juice goes all over the place, right? A lot of times, this is what we do with God. In Christ, we have a helper, and that helper is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is there to comfort is there to lead, is there to guide, is there to help us. But a lot of times we want to figure it out on ourselves, and we don't even consult God about a lot of the things. And I want you over this next week to really think, anytime you catch yourself worrying, I want you to ask yourself this question, have I talked to God about this? And most of the time the answer is no. Like I'm worrying about things today. Have I talked to God about this today? Not just did I pray about it a month ago, but have I talked to him about it today? A lot of people, you know, depending on how you grew up, your view of the Holy Spirit, like talking about the Holy Spirit for some people can be a challenge just depending on how they grew up. But I'm here to tell you the Holy Spirit is real. God is active in our lives. He leads us and guides us. The Holy Spirit shows us Jesus. But often we're not listening. Like I gotta stop and listen. And when you're tempted to start worrying or stress out or be anxious about something, you feel that like coming up on the inside of you. Remember this in John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit will point you to Jesus if you stop and you listen. 
And what does Jesus say to those that are stressed out? Those that are worried about the future, that are anxious, because he knew we would be. He says this in Matthew 11, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. What does it feel like to follow Jesus and to trust him completely? It feels like rest. And some of you haven't had rest in a while. I know for a fact, I talked to people after this last service that struggled with anxiety and worry, and they want rest for their souls. So when you are faced with that temptation, when you start to feel it work up, like your body's responding to some situation or you find yourself right in the middle of thinking about the worst outcomes that could be, I wanna encourage you to stop. Say, God, help me. Lead me away from this and lead me into your truth. Lead me into the rest that you can give. And then listen to what the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Often he will remind you of what Jesus has already said about you, that he loves you, that he cares for you, that he wants to give you rest and hope. God wants you not to be stressed out, not to be worried about tomorrow or the future, but to have rest knowing that he is faithful and will take care of you every day of your life. Let me pray for you.